This is the Sticks and Stacks podcast with Sean Drotar and Nate Lundy. Welcome to Sticks and Stacks on the Sawdust Podcast Network. My name is Sean Drotar, your host, and it is hockey season, so Nate Lundy is here. Of course, I mentioned hockey season because we also do a little bit of baseball on this podcast right here. If there was baseball, which there won't be, but that's a completely other discussion, so I have to deal with that when that comes about soon enough but pitchers and catchers should be reporting this week obviously they're not uh, we'll continue to monitor that and i assume that uh, we'll all probably know at the same time but let's get to hockey here with nate and nate we have some good matchups here i mean there are some matchups with some of the top teams tonight so let's jump right in thanks for joining us once again the wild and the jets yeah, we'll start off with uh, Minnesota and Winnipeg. This one, to me, is kind of fascinating, um, Sean, because you mentioned, I mean, Minnesota's playing extremely well right now. Uh, you know, Winnipeg sitting just a little bit above uh, 500, uh, kind of in the same boat in terms of uh, at home. Their home record is 11-9-1. and one. Uh, But Minnesota right now, um, I, I think with the way they're playing, this is the play, and I'm going to take Minnesota on the money line as they take on Winnipeg. So last week, Winnipeg beat the Wild two to nothing but since then the wild have gone two and oh and winnipeg has gone one one and one uh so about as about as vanilla as you can get um since then and, and so you know despite the fact that winnipeg's coming off of it you know sean we we, we talk about this in hockey we, we've talked about it in a lot of sports that um you know it's it's difficult to beat a team twice especially when if we're being honest Minnesota is a better team than Winnipeg. And so the fact that Winnipeg has already um, uh, beaten them once, I just don't know how they climb up that mountain again with the wild and and beat them twice in the you know in the course of basically about eight days so we're going to take minnesota on the money line it's actually not juiced up all that much it's a it's at a minus 140 um i might have thought that this would have climbed up to a minus 160 by right right now so i still think you're getting some value there even though it's been juiced up a bit i can understand that i and i do agree with you that minnesota is simply the better team they are and, and they're even playing better but i can give you one reason why winnipeg's got a chance that would be connor hellebuck because he's one of the better goalies in the game ignore the the win loss record that's not always the best way to look at goaltenders yeah he's 16 16 and 7 but at the same time you're talking about a guy whose numbers are equivalent to a lot of other goalies including cam talbot of the wild who's apparently having a great year because we look at that wins and loss stat a little too too much Talbot's 19 and 8. I, I like the idea of Hellebuck bouncing back. I like the idea that you have a home team that's in plus money. And I, I think this is a good point you're making. And it is hard to go ahead and beat teams multiple times. And in these matchups thus far, uh, they've had two of their games postponed. But the Wild have blown out the Jets a couple times. But the Jets did win the last time, uh, last week. I think there's an opportunity for them to go ahead and win this one again. This seems like the kind of game that if Minnesota takes one a little bit too lightly, it's probably that one. I am okay taking Winnipeg very simply on the money line. We're not going to get too creative with this one, but I think that that's a good fit. Alternatively, however, I do also like if you'd like or even want to parlay it together. I like the under on this one. I know that Minnesota can score, but when you're looking at the – a game here. I just think there's a chance with two pretty good goaltenders. I will take the under on the six. I, you know, I wish it was a six and a half, but I'm okay taking the six because I'm one of those folks that, quite frankly, I don't mind 
that that round number protects me a little bit. So uh, that's the other one alternatively. And if you really feel like getting bold and you want to put those together at uh, Winnipeg and the under, or quite frankly, I guess even Minnesota and the under, I wouldn't have a problem with it. Yeah, no, I, I, and I agree, Sean, this is uh, because that line, in my opinion, that line should be sitting at five and a half. Um, you know, I, I, I actually think this could very easily be a three to two type of game, um, a, a, you know, a, a three to one type of game. So I, I believe that even at six, you're getting some value. You're obviously leaving yourself the option that you could wind up with a push. Um, but, you know, it, I, I wouldn't have been surprised to see this at five and a half. And so, you know, if, if you as a hockey fan think that you've got the opportunity that you you like the under on the five and a half, you can actually get that at plus odds. So if you want to remove that opportunity for a push and you think it's going to be low scoring, like three, two, three, one, something like that, under five and a half, uh, for example, at BetMGM right now, you can get it plus 115. And that's always something to remember, too. It's easy when you're kind of starting out just to look at the you know, the puck line, to look at the over-under, to look at the money line and think, uh, that's what I need to pick from. But that's not true. You can always, if you kind of dig in there with most of the apps, you can find a way to you know give a point back. Or even if you're not feeling comfortable, you know, take an extra point. There's ways you can do that. So that's obviously a good point, too, Nate, uh, pun not intended, about different ways that you can manipulate this to feel a little bit more comfortable. And that makes a lot of sense too. Now we get into some real heavyweight matchups. We'll start over in the East two second place teams, Florida Panthers at the Carolina hurricanes. The first game of a national back-to-back on TNT will be covered in the back end in a minute because these two games tonight are phenomenal. What do you have with Florida at Carolina? Yeah, this is fascinating, Sean, because Florida has not played since February 1st, that is the last time the Panthers were out on the ice. I mean, That's this weird. is they have been in such a long break. Now, we know that Florida is a good team. I want to give you a little bit of history here. They had 13 days off um, at the Christmas break. So between the break um, that they had in the schedule and then obviously the entire league went into health and safety protocols, Florida had 13 days off right there at the Christmas break. When they came out of that in their next nine games, Sean, they went eight, Oh, and one. Um, so despite the fact that it is a long break, um, we know that Florida can bounce back. And I say that because we obviously just saw it less than two months ago uh, of them coming back. But that said, I am going to lean to the home team here. I think these are both teams that you could make an argument um, could represent the East in the Stanley Cup Finals. These are both very good teams um, that have um, some good goaltending. They have um, they have they have studs on offense that you know can generate plays that can generate high danger chances um, and, and great scoring opportunities. But in this particular case, with Florida having that long break and having to come out of the break on the road against a good Hurricanes team. Um, I am actually going to go ahead and lean towards the Canes in this one. I don't have a a huge, um, uh, uh, you know, gut feel one way or the other, Sean. This to me is I'm just tilting things ever so slightly to the home ice for the Canes. Um, and what's interesting is the odds makers are very much the uh, along the lines that I am, Sean, because the money line right now, Florida is a minus 105. Carolina is a minus 115. Folks. For all intents and purposes, that's a pickup. 
Yeah, and over at DraftKings, they have it at 110-110. So, I mean, exactly. this, is, this is right there. Uh, I, I'm going to go with Florida because I think they're simply a better team. Uh, the layoff does concern me, and the fact that Carolina has been a little bit wobbly uh, going 1-2-1 and one in its last four. But, again, this is one that I'm not particularly confident in. Uh, that said, here is one of the lines that I kind of like. Over at DraftKings, they have a 60-minute line, which we've talked about. They also have a 60-minute line. The tie is no bet. So, in other words, if it's a draw, you get your money back. But if you do go with that and go with the Panthers, now you're at a plus 105. You get rid of that juice entirely. And if it does happen to go to overtime, which admittedly is a decent chance here with these two teams playing, uh, you end up not losing anything, not winning anything. I get it. It's a little bit conservative, but I do want to go get on the Panthers. I do want to see if I can get into plus money. So I'm going to look at that 60-minute line with the tie no bet and see if I can get just a smidge into the plus while picking the Panthers. Yeah, not a bad idea. But here, wait, now, Sean, we've done two games so far, and you've disagreed with me with both. So I want to see how things go as we wrap up the yeah, night. Yeah, we normally don't do that. No. This, that's a, that's this is getting thing. a little interesting here. Let's see if we're on the same page when it comes to the uh, to the nightcap. Well, and obviously this is one of the teams that we know particularly well, as we're both in the Denver area. That would be the nightcap of the Colorado Avalanche, the league's top team with 72 points, although they did lose to Dallas 4-1 to last night against the Vegas Golden Knights, so currently sitting in second in their division. But the Golden Knights are one of the teams that tend to give the Avalanche trouble. Uh, on that second night of a back-to-back, I've got to tell you, Nate, it, it makes me wonder a little bit. So when I'm looking at this game and looking at the fact it's a national one and it's going to be a little late start, I'm taking the Knights, and I'm taking them on the money line. They're a plus 115. I think the Avalanche are a better team, but I don't think it's much better. Uh, Jack Eichel is expected to make his debut for the Knights. I think that's going to give them a lot of energy, a lot of juice. And the Avs being on that second night, uh, that's obviously not the best fit for anybody, although admittedly, if there's a team that could probably handle it, it's the high-scoring Avalanche. But I'll go with the Golden Knights, and I'll take them on the money line at that plus 115. And, and I don't think that's a bad pick at all, Sean. I, I think, you know, you got to go all the way back to November 3rd and 6th for the Avs to have lost back-to-back games. Uh, but it sounds all- like there's a butt coming. Yeah, uh, but I think there's a good opportunity that it's going to happen tonight. I, I, I do. I think that this is um, kind of a scheduling. Uh, you know, sometimes we, we talk about schedule losses um, in the NBA and in the NHL where you just kind of have to recognize that the scheduling gods didn't do you any favors. These are obviously makeup games. Um, They got scheduled into what was supposed to be the Olympic break um, for the NHL teams. And now instead of that, we have, uh, you know, we've got these games that were postponed around the holidays or postponed because of health and safety protocols uh, that are getting made up during what was supposed to be a three week break between the All-Star game and and the um, Olympics in Beijing. So um, I I think this is a really tough spot for the Avalanche. I'm actually going to get seduced by the juice, as Brad Evans and I from the Fade the Noise podcast here on the the Sawdust Network like to say. And that is I'm going to go, even though this is not an occurrence that has happened a lot against Vegas, I'm going to roll with. Uh, a plus 100 bet, Sean. So an even money bet here for Colorado to score over three and a half goals. Now, if you go back and look at the last few years of history between these two teams, it is not a very common occurrence for the Avalanche. However, this over under um, for the entire game is sitting at six and a half. It actually started this morning at six. It's already gone up as of when you and I are taping uh, to six and a half. But 
three times this year, the Avalanche have been held to one goal, Sean. Uh, and that's obviously what happened last night at home right. against Dallas when their streak ended. So three times this year, they have been held to one goal. All three times in the very next game, they have scored four or more. Um, this offense is so potent that even if Vegas were to wind up winning this one, Sean, it, it, this might be, um, you know, all the flash and glamour and fireworks that you would expect from Sin City. This could be a high scoring affair. Uh, between these two, uh, because we know that the spotlight is going to be on this game, not only because these are two very good teams in the West, not only because it is the second game of the of the doubleheader on TNT tonight for hockey, but because it is the return of Jack Eichel. And keep in mind, obviously, now Robin Lehner has been day to day with an upper body injury. Now, if he is not playing, if we you find out a little closer to game time that he's not going to be in net. Uh, the proverbial all bets are off may apply here, and that might even may bring that over ridiculous as it sounds <laughs> into play, like you pointed out, Nate. But, you know, keep an eye on Leonard. That's obviously a part of this as well. Uh, for the Avs, second night of a back-to-back, uh, Darcy Kemper should be expected to be in net. He yep. was off last night. He's been the better of the two Avalanche goalies by a little bit, kind of a bigger body, a guy that uh, cuts off a lot of angles that way with that large frame. But, yeah, this is going to be one of those very, very top games the Avalanche, of course, also hungry for a little revenge against the uh, Golden Knights, who knocked them out of the playoffs last year. And they've had their one one of their games postponed. And then the other one, the Avs lost at home, which they don't do very often, although they did last night, to those Golden Knights. So a couple different situations there. If Leonard doesn't play, are there any particular bets that you think about that you would change? Um, I, I think that, you know, for me, I, a lot of folks, it, like you said, it's not official yet, but a lot of the various hockey folks that I follow on social media are fully expecting that backup Laurent Brousseau, uh is going to wind up being between the pipes for Vegas. Now, he's been his save percentage, Sean, is is a 905, which is, you know, I, I think respectable for a backup. I mean, obviously, you're always happy uh, if your save percentage is at 90 percent or higher. Um, we certainly have seen some folks that are down in the 80s, uh, but it's not the same as to your point of, of if Robin Leonard had been had been out there. I mean, there's as I like to say, goaltenders are backups for a reason. Right. I mean, they're right. not they're not star. And so therefore they are the backup. Now, um, you know, I, I think that in in this particular case, it, going off of the information that's out there as of tape time, and you and I are taping this late morning, um, and and I think that um, Brassault is going to wind up being between the pipes for Vegas. I think for me, th- all that does for me is reinforce the idea that this is going to be a high-scoring game. Um, you know, Kemper has been good for the abs, but as you know, Sean, because you cover the abs here uh, in, in Denver um, consistently, Every now and then he has a bad game. Every now and then he lets a goal go by that when you watch the replay, you say to yourself, how the heck did that happen? Right. I mean, and and all goaltenders do. I don't mean to simply pick on um, on Leonard. So um, I I don't know that I would um, necessarily change my bet based on who is going to be. Um, uh, uh, who's going to be between the pipes um, for uh, for Vegas? I, I will say this in terms of a player. Um, Nathan McKinnon finally hit double digit goals last night. He had the only goal for the abs and it was his 10th on the season. Um, now he's a, he's been a point machine, uh, but he's not scoring goals. Um, I think this is another game where he is going to wind up tallying in the score sheet, but Sean, the player prop I like is actually for him to have an assist. 
um, in this game. He has 17 career games against Vegas. He has 12 assists in those 17 games. Um, so, you know, not quite an assist a game, obviously, but definitely the ice tilted in his favor to be a part of either the first or second uh, assist on goals. You mentioned the fact that um, the Avs lost to Vegas earlier this year, all the way back. I mean, it was before Halloween. It was one of the first games of the season. Um, and he did have an assist in that game at home against Vegas. So um, if you're looking for just a player prop, I think that, you know, McKinnon tends to do things in bunches. Um, he scored last night. So I think even though it's a back to back, you play off of that momentum. And I think he'll be a part of at least one of their scoring plays tonight in Vegas. So I'm taking him for an assist. You know what? I'm even more comfortable with that, Nate, because I was thinking we were going to the a different spot here. But I actually think McKinnon tonight at a plus 180 over DraftKings is going to have over one and a half points. If, if yeah, it is I, indeed I the think... case where Brasso is going to be there, because not only did he score last night, but all year long, as you pointed out, point machine. And if he always to get is in any way too involved with that explosive top line with him flanked by Miko Rantanen and Gabe Landeskog. I know it's a bit of a stretch, it seems like, in most cases, but for a plus 180, a guy that is one of the best half-dozen players in the entire NHL against a backup goaltender, I can roll with that. Yeah, I, I think that's a I think that's a good call because, you know, obviously a guy like McKinnon, we see this a lot with guys like McKinnon, Leon Dreisaitl, Connor McDavid, um, and others where um, when it comes to their player props, you can't usually you can't find a half a point. Most of these guys get bumped up to one and a half just because of the consistency with which they're a part of the scoring plays. The other thing to keep in mind with this game between Colorado and Vegas tonight, a lot of times here on the pod, you'll hear me talk about taking guys for a power play point, because a lot of times that's, um, you know, an opportunity for you to, uh, you know, get a little bit of a better payday. Vegas is actually one of the least penalized teams in the league. Um, they only average 3.4 penalties per game. Um, whereas you go up with Colorado averages just over four. Um, so this is an, this is a spot where I feel like, um, you know, we obviously in a game, you're going to see some power play opportunities, but it doesn't happen very often for Vegas. Um, and so just keep that in mind as you're looking at player props tonight. Yeah, and, and if you want to flip it on the other side, Colorado, of course, not a heavily penalized team either, but their penalty kill has been a little bit suspect. Last night, they gave up two power play goals to Dallas, and there are a few players there that with any power play points, goals or assists, whether you're looking at Alex Petrangelo or even Jack Eichel coming in, Jonathan Marceseau, who's been something of an Avs killer, as is Max Pacioretty, uh, any of those players are in the plus. So if you feel bold enough, uh, that may be a window, too, because the Avs, at least when it comes to the penalty kill, are not nearly the danger that they are on the power play. Yeah, their penalty kill, Sean, actually after last night has dipped below 77%. Um, which um, to, to give you folks an idea, the, the best penalty kill in the league belongs to the Carolina Hurricanes, and they're over 89%. That is bonkers. Well, we'll have to keep that in mind for tonight, too, I guess, if you want to uh, keep that uh, going as well. Well, that's a little bit of what we're looking at tonight. Obviously, you got the big national games and gave you a lot of different ways to slice and dice it. Uh, hopefully, you can go ahead and get something in there that you like that'll make you a little bit of money as well. I know that we'll try, Nate, and we'll be back at it later this week to try again, because that's what we do right here. Thanks for the time. 
Absolutely, Sean. Always enjoy it. So a light schedule tonight, but like Sean and I said, folks, two of them are a back-to-back doubleheader on TNT, so your chance to catch some really good hockey between four really good teams, Florida, Carolina, Colorado, Vegas, uh, on national television tonight, so be sure to check that out. Light schedule, but heavy on star power. I think for a viewer, we'll probably take that. So that'll do it for us. If you would like to, of course, you can follow right here on the podcast. You can subscribe anywhere you're listening to it. So you just click that little button down there, and you'll catch us every single time, including when we get together later this week. Thanks for listening. For Nate Lundy, I'm Sean Drogsar. This is Sticks and Stacks on the Sawdust Podcast Network.